Good morning, everybody. It's Dominic here, Dominic Holland. I'm delighted to be joined by one of my uh, sons. Sons. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Sam Sam is back from Scotland, which yeah. is excellent. So ha- welcome home, Sam. Thanks, Dad. It's um, good to be back. And I'm gonna we're gonna do a a little brief podcast this morning about a book I've written. Now you're all probably yawning, going, "Oh God, <laughs> eclipsed or I Gabriel or the Fruit Bowl." But it's not any of those books. It is Open Links, and probably a little late because it's Christmas is coming. Um, but Open Links is a book that I wrote. I'm not sure which, which one it is of my seven books I've written. Anyway, it's a book that I wrote for Anthony Nolan. And Sam and I wanted to have a brief chat about it because we think it makes a great Christmas present and all the proceeds go to Anthony Nolan. Okay, so uh, the book is uh, a book I wrote many years ago. Was it your fourth novel you wrote? Uh, no, um, yeah. Yes, it probably was my fourth novel, and I didn't start writing it for the charity, okay? Okay. I I was sort of about a third in, and the basic story is, uh, I could ask you to say this, Sam, but I probably wouldn't. You probably oh, I've read would. it. I know you've read it, I know you've read it, but the basic story is, is that uh, we all play golf in this family, and we're all, I would say, well, I'm not very good, okay? But I can have some great shots. Yeah. And when you play golf with a professional like a, a proper pro, as I have done for many years, you see them hit shots and they can do anything they want with the ball. You know, they can shape it left, shape it right. And you just think to yourself, well, how is he not playing? You On know, the tour. Yeah, and, and winning tournaments and stuff. And and you realise that the margins get very much more reduced as you go down, as you as you, you know, get into the into the professional echelons. And I just was was interested in the idea that if, if all your great shots lined up, mm. Because over my career of playing golf, I've hit some. I've hit seventy <laughs> brilliant golf shots. Yeah, but I've hit, but that's in thousands. <laughs> but I have hit seventy phenomenal golf shots. So if you lined all those golf shots together, I'd go around and scratch. And then, but so that's the core idea of the book. Well, that's always something that's interested me. But where, when did it go from that to linking it to Anthony Nolan, the charity? Well, hang on. So I, I have this idea to write a book about a guy in the British Open who's qualified for the British Open, and all of his shots come in. And he has this extraordinary last on the last round, okay? And I thought that'd be a really compelling story, comic, and I could write it as four, 18 chapters in 18 holes. Now, a lot of people will be thinking, I don't like golf. I'm not going to read that novel at all. But it's not about golf. No. Golf the, is the spine of the story, but it's actually it's a device I've used to tell this story of a guy's life. Okay, and I wanted something extraordinary to happen. I wanted something amazing to happen. And as I was writing it, him playing well in the open is, is interesting. Okay, he's wearing a kilt, which is interesting. All these things are—they all sound implausible. They actually are. When when you read the novel, you think, oh, "Actually, I, I get how Dominic's done that now." But I wanted something bigger than just his magnificent round of golf. Something life-changing, something seismic. And mm. I thought, what about um, a, a sp- because his round affects lots of people around him. Yeah, you follow a few characters. If I set up a few characters early doors, and it's how his round of golf. 18 holes, 18 chapters, affects a few key people around his life, around his round of golf. And one of them is a spectator called Ben. And I thought, wouldn't it be extraordinary... Is that the kid? The kid, yeah. And I thought, wouldn't it be extraordinary if Ben, who is gravely unwell, actually, uh, through this round of golf, is um, is cured? <laughs> now, that sounds ridiculous, <laughs> doesn't it? That sounds mad. Oh, my God, Donnie, there's no way you could do that. But it is plausible when you read the book. 
And then I, so I thought that's a really great conclusion to a novel to make people feel good. And then I thought, well, I was working with Auntie Nolan any, anyway. I was doing gigs for them. It's a charity I really like because it's very tangible because people survive. There are, I think, 800 people a year wow. who are alive every year because of their register. Uh, skin, uh, not skin cancer, blood cancer is indiscriminate. It could be you and I today. Every 20 minutes, someone in the United Kingdom is diagnosed with leukemia. Wow. So that's a lot of people, right? And it could be you or I. It's totally arbitrary. Uh, and the bigger the register, the more chance you have of being matched. Yeah. Okay. They don't match you straight away. They they treat you in other in other areas with other drugs and what have you. And if they don't, if, if those treatments don't work, you then go on to the transplant, which is the sort of last. Chance. And if it's um, cancer of the blood, mm. what's the transplant? Well, it's bone marrow. So bone marrow is what produces the. Uh, I'm, I'm not, as you know, Sam. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a medic. But it's bone marrow is the stuff in the bone which creates and helps to create, I think, the red blood cells, which are part of our immunity. Right. Okay, I believe so. Don't quote me. <laughs> Someone that. Anthony Nolan is... So, so, but the bone marrow transplant is, is the last resort, okay? So I, I believe, again, okay, so I'll caveat that. And, and so I, I'm very interested and very excited by the prospect of putting more people on the register. Yeah. The more people join the register, particularly Bain people, because there are a huge def- deficit of black people who will go on the register for whatever reason. So, uh, so for example, a black person getting leukemia has got less chance of being matched because there's less people on their register. Right. So the anti Nolan are very keen to get famous um, celebrity black people to endorse their charity. Um, but anyway, just 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 the more people on the register, the more chance of people being saved. I think Are you on the register? I am. No, no, not anymore. Because you've got to be. I think less than. Uh, I am on the register, but I'm not. I'm the, I wouldn't be called now because I'm too old. My oh, really? my bone marrow wouldn't be considered viable. So what's the age? Age. Range? I think it's like sixteen to thirty-five. Okay. I think. Um, so you really do need a lot of people. They need a lot of people, and the more people, the more chance of being matched. Now here's the interesting thing: um, if you're, you know, you could be matched with someone in Poland. My friend Tim. He found out he was Jewish through the Anthony Nolan thing because you're kidding. Yeah, because he was matched to a kid in Poland. The kid's Jewish. Tim goes, well, "I'm not Jewish." Turns out Tim was Jewish. He's, <laughs> he's Jewish, and that kid survived. Wow. Okay, so David Harewood, the black actor, he, he he's on the register. He's a he's a good proponent for for Nolan, and he did a, a transplant, and the kid didn't survive. So it's not it's not a fait accompli. It's not it's not a simple science. These clever people are doing their best, but it is a great. Th- a facility to have and every three copies of links that we sell open links that we sell we because we give all the proceeds bro- the brothers trust pay for the printing right the brothers trust pays for that so we give all of the proceeds to anthony nolan and i think every cop every three copies we can put we can pay for another person to be processed wow so we're expanding the register so i'm always quite excited by the prospect that open links um will at some point match someone and that will be a successful match. So someone Maybe will... it could be your next story, Dad, the next novel. <laughs> well, you know, well, um, uh, you know, so that's the, that's that's why I really got excited when I was writing the book because I thought, God, I'm gonna get, I got in touch with Nolan and said, look, I'm writing this book and it's really going quite well. I was really, I knew, I, I knew it was a good novel when I was writing it. And I asked, I said, would you like me to, to write this book for you guys? And so then I laced through Ben and his diagnosis to leukemia. So he was unwell 
originally in the story. Yes, okay. and, and he was there as a treat. So his dad had taken him to Muirfield yeah. in Scotland, where you're living now, Sam, which is great. And so, yeah, so that's the resolution to the book. Now, I've, my, I've given away, obviously, in my in this little pricey little discussion, mm. the tenets of the story. However, that won't ruin the reading. No. Because... I mean, you, you mentioned earlier that this is a book not just for golfers. It's no, for no, everyone. No. Have you had people who read this book not knowing anything about golf, but really enjoying it? And there's lots of reviews. You can go and read the reviews to people who say... Don't be put off that it's a book about a guy, guy playing golf because you really need to know nothing about golf. Mm. And it isn't also a procession for he took a three iron, he took a six iron. The golf is really used as an underpinning of, of, of a mad, magical fairy tale. Did you ever contemplate other sports like maybe No, cricket? it had to be golf. <laughs> it had to be golf. Cricket all. Because golf is... Uh, it had to be golf because of the... the you, the, know, <laughs> you know loads about golf. I know loads about golf, but it's also the open. Okay. Okay, so you can't I can't rock up and play for England in cricket. But if, if, if our pro at the club decided to try and qualify for the open, he can play in the open. Anyone he, can qualify. If you qualify yeah, you if to, you yeah. qualify. Yeah, you've got to be a scratch golfer because you've got to qualify, you've got to be but anyone can play in the British Open and anyone can feature on Sunday if your game comes together. Yeah. Which is what the book's about. Because every pro listening to this can hit a great golf ball. But can you do it when you need to? It's almost like quite a nice analogy for Anthony Nolan, like everything coming together to get a match. To get a match, and then it's as I say, it's not as straightforward as you got a match. Here you go. Here's your your here's your injection. You're good to go. It's a lot of process to go through. Um, but yeah, there are people. I think 800 people a year. I think it's about 800 people a year are alive every year wow. who wouldn't have had a chance. And Anthony Nolan, how did it? Because Anthony Nolan is a person. Anthony Nolan was a boy. His father, his mother was Shirley Nolan, and Sh- and Anthony died. Again, I need to check. He was a young young man, fourteen, fifteen, when he died. Mm. And 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 Shirley, his mother, who's now died, I think she's an Australian lady. She was so um, bereft and 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 um, and um, angry what had happened to Anthony. She wanted to uh, affect the future, mm. and so she set up the, the register. And gave her son's name to the register, Anthony Nolan, and it's a brilliant charity because, as I say, that tangible nature. Um, Simon Dyson, who wrote an afterward for the book, he he he. Whenever he makes a speech, he says, "We are saving lives," and I always that's always arrested me. But he gave me the best conclusion to the novel. Okay, so um, people often ask me, you know. What, where are your influences for the stories, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, he read an early manuscript, Simon, and uh, he liked it an awful lot and said, I really like the story, Dominic, but I think this would be a better ending. And that was a fantastic... Oh, he ending. gave you the ending? He, get, wow. Simon Dyson gave me the ending. Uh, and I, I thought that's absolutely perfect conclusion. And so... Did he give you the whole ending? Because I know there's a few storylines coming together. Well, he gave, he gave me the ending for Ben. And ben, ben is central to the story because he's the kid watching the game. Yeah. Uh, with this terrible prognosis. Okay, his yeah. outlook's not good. And then I have this ma- magical ending, which was always a little bit glitchy until Simon read it and said, I think this would be, would be better. And I thought, that's brilliant. That's absolutely perfect. So, oh, so wow. I put that in. So it's quite nice to be able to collaborate. Yeah. With, with stories. You should be uh, written by Dominic Holland and Simon Tyson. <laughs> Well, it could be. I mean, if that would help it selling. So, 
So I wanted to just um, put that out there, guys. If you're listening to this little podcast, it's, it's, it's a book called Open Links. It's written by Dominic Holland. You can't get it on Amazon anymore because... Do you have to get it through the Brothers Trust website? Yeah, because we wanted to give all the money. If we if we sell it through the retailers, then they give us you know, half the money. Okay. So if you go to the Brothers Trust website, there's a link on there. You can, and and it'll be sent from home. So it'll be stuffed by me into an envelope. I will sign it if you'd like me to. Dedicate it to your friends if you want to buy it as a present. There are ten. They're ten pounds each plus the packaging, whatever that is. And then, as I say, once I finish selling this batch of books. So when you're reading it, hopefully you'll enjoy the book anyway. It's a very easy read. Yes, yeah, I, I read it going to school and I really enjoyed it. You read it going to Leeds, didn't you? Yeah, I, yeah. I would, was reading it on the train. But you know, you know, every book pays for a third of someone's... Three, well, so I, I always say to people, look, you're buying this book. You are definitely, I don't know when or who, mm. but you're contributing to a match and the likelihood of someone being saved. And I think that's really I think whenever you exciting. buy something... You know, you're, it's a transaction with money and what you want. And the fact that you're buying something that you will enjoy and you will have a good time reading and it is yeah. helping a charity, I think it's a, a win-win. So, it, so yeah, so, uh, and on that, I mean, I can print thousands of these books. Mm. You know, the Brothers Trust will pay for as many people as want to buy it. And, um, you know, so if you do enjoy it, <clears throat> then tell your friends because they're great presents. Yeah, and... Um, I was with a guy the other day who knows Tommy Fleetwood quite well. Yeah. And I think Tommy Fleetwood has a connection to Nolan. Yeah, I remember you saying that. I think his caddy, I think or someone in his team, very central to his team, has has had a Nolan survivor. Well, I we think. should uh, do some research and um, yeah. see if that's true. Um, He's in Dubai today, Tommy, which is a nice place to be, <laughs> ahead of the, the, the Rolex series. I, I watch these guys play golf every weekend, and I, and I, I am so admiring of not, their, not just their physical skill, but their, their mental fortitude, their strength, their bravery. Yeah. I always say to Harry that if, or, you know, if I had all the ability in the world, mm. I wouldn't be a professional sportsman. No. I don't have the mental game. Well, yeah, and that's, that's where a lot of the guys... <clears throat> on the tour who can hit the ball as ever they, however they like but they can't do it when required because they have that that insecurity that pain mm. do you see like a b- little bit of yourself in Ricky Marshall I do actually because um, I've, yes a good question because I I would I, I could show you 20 minutes of me on stage at the comedy store mm. and I would say well that's as good as anyone in the United Kingdom Okay, that's as good yeah. a stand-up set as the guys who play arenas. The difference is, is they can do it in any room whenever they need to. Mm. And I need things to align for me. So I get nervous and I get worried. Yeah. And if I go on stage feeling a little bit diffident, then I can't do it. I can do a good gig, but I can't do the great gig that, that I can do. Right. And I think that's the same with, with a lot of people in sport. That, 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 that they, 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 they are fallible at the, most in, at the key times. Yeah. And so my stand-up, which is why I prefer writing, because I can write again. Like mm. the takes on life, which I know you've just read. I can write every take over and over again. Where in stand-up, it's, it's immediate. And unless you're feeling good and your tongue is not getting fat and you're not getting a dry mouth and you're, you know, you've got lucid thoughts and you feel good, you've got to feel really confident. I do feel good on stage. But, the thing is, like, but to, to do a great show, I've got to feel very special. 
And I think the best cut stand-ups can, can get to that whenever they need to. Do you think? And they back themselves 100%. But do you think it gets easier as they get more and more famous? Well, you know, I think, I think we always say that. It's easy for the famous comedians because they can go on stage and everyone's already halfway there. Right. However, and I think there are some dreadful arena stand-ups who get away with, them, with murder. Yeah. But if you go and watch Eddie Izzard or Brian Regan, the expectation is really high. Because they're paid fifty quid. No, but they're so they're so happy to be there. Well, you know, like, yeah, okay. You no, know, they're really pleased they got tickets. Possibly, but I think the the, the pressure increases the more the, the more famous you are. Mm. Because most comedians don't. Well, most people might get there, but they don't stay there. There's not many many comics who can stay at the top, and it does require massive chops and massive kahunas about backing yourself. Mm. So I would imagine someone like Tiger Woods, who I've never met as well as being physically prodigiously able he must have he must have extraordinary mental um um reservoir it's all it's all mental though isn't it like, no, it's not all mental but but he he must be rather strange in terms of his what what he can put together when required yeah but like for example the top 100 tennis players in the world mm. hit the tennis ball the same anyway if you saw them training and you didn't know who they were, yeah. you think that guy's the best player ever. But there's only four tennis players yeah. who, who are above the rest because they're just mentally better than everyone else. You see, the thing is, in golf, they call it the yips, okay? So mm. in golf, what, what I think is amazing about golf is one minute you're trying to hit the ball 300 yards, okay? And the next minute you've got a shot, which is six feet. But it's a little tiny break and your ball's above the hole. Mm. And you know if you miss the hole, it's going to go 12 feet by. <laughs> you're panicking. It's called the yips. So what happens is the, the, the guy can't release the putter. He sort of hits the, he sort of stutters through the ball. Yeah. And it's a really terrible thing. I've never had it, but it's an affliction. And I um, was listening to Boris Becker talk about that. And they, they asked him, they said, um, you know, is there an equivalent of the yips in tennis? Because tennis is a really, I think, very demanding game. Yeah. And I was interested in that question. And he said, yes, there is. He said, when you are on the ball toss on your second serve, Mm. So you you missed your first serve. You're under yeah. pressure, and it's to say, let's say you're you know you're fifteen thirty. So if you lose this point, you're looking like lose the game. He said you can't release the ball. God. And there've been players who can't toss the ball up. Really? The they just can't release the ball because you're so nervous. You're under so much pressure. You're just terrified to let the ball go because you just. And I think that's really fascinating. And that's what I've sort of played upon a, a little bit in this book because Ricky my, my, my golfer is kind of impotent yeah it's happening around him and and he isn't he isn't aware of why it's happening either mm. and we the reader are it's such a like I love the story because it starts off such a dreadful morning terrible start and then morning, yeah. you know to finish where it does euphoric and, and to follow him and I love the fact that each hole is a chapter so each, each just... chapter starts with where, where, what his current score is, where he's on the leaderboard, how his prize money is going up. <laughs> and uh, and I like books that make you feel good. Oh, yeah. And this does this does that in spades, you know. Yes. And then has his, has his wonderful ending. It's such a magical story, though. Like, it's de- you know. said to me the other day, um, it was Tony Murphy said to me, Dom, we should get that filmed, get that into a movie. But I don't think you could because of the 16th hole, which will make sense to you if you come to this book. And thank you if you do. Yeah. If, if you've got any ideas of how I can make this into a film, guys, but I don't think you could because there's such a massive reveal and you couldn't have that reveal well, with, I, without ruining... You, know, you couldn't have it as a visual thing because you couldn't have a reveal. 
Well, speaking of um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, speaking of the reveal, mm. I knew the reveal when I started reading it. How? Because Tom had read it before me. And he told you. And no, I just overheard you speaking about oh, it. Oh right, okay. So I did it ruin it for you. It didn't ruin it for me at all. I really enjoyed it, but it was um, I wish I could have read it from scratch and not know anything. Yes. Um, but no, it's um. It is a lovely book, and it's really well tied together. I think I think it's in my top three of your books. I think I think I was talking to Mum about it the other day, and I think Open Links was in it. Open Links is 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 a is a story I loved writing. I mean, do you ever read your books? No, never. No. I might I might go <clears throat> back over your books again. It's the I tell you what it is. It's the most fairy tale of my books. Yes, you're right. Okay, it's not, I don't I think, think it's my best novel. My best novel is I Gabriel. Well, I think I, I Gabriel's quite fairy tale esque. It is, but I think I Gabriel's got a very. Um, I think it's, I think it's, if you ask me what's your best novel, I would say I Gabriel. What's your funniest novel? I would say The Ripple Effect. Yeah. Your most romantic book, I'd say Only in America. Um, you kind of like dipped into loads of different genres. Yes, and the most dramatic book, I'd say, the Fruit Bowl. So, but I, but but I but they're open, great stories. Now. I mean, to have good stories, yeah. Have, they, how many have you written now? Six, seven. I've written five novels and two non-fiction books. But but five. But I'm writing another novel at the moment, which is a, which is a sequel to Only in America. How's that going? It's going really well, actually. It's, I'm halfway through, and I had to restart because I was doing takes on life. So I had to restart, and I've been going through it. And it is it's quirky, and it's Johnson and Millie again, and uh, it's going well. I'm really quite And how excited. are you feeling about writing a, a sequel? Because you've never done that before. Well, it's only a sequel by the characters. So the story the story is a brand new story, and it's, a, and it's an adventure inspired again by Johnson. Did you ever have to feel like you had to... Did you read Only in America again? No. Before you... <laughs> no. What, what do you call me? <laughs> Slap that. <laughs> SD. SD. Slapdash or Twad is the new one. Twad, that'll do. How, how's that then? That, will, that do. will do. Oh, that will do, Twad. And then the, it's T-W-D, but... Twad. Twad. Mum, uh, mum calls me Slapdash, that'll do. Because what it is with me is I want to get things I want to get things done. I mean, that is a good trait to have. Well, I, I don't like... Well, yeah, no, but it, well, it, yeah, but you, you kind of don't do things as well... Well, you don't do things as well as you might if you took a bit more time. However, well, I guess like your 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 novels, for example, mm. like I don't think you you they've not been slapdash. They've taken no, 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 no. Years. And on my writing, I am pedantic. Even though there are probably a few errant typos that can creep in, I'm pedantic on the actual prose, particularly with takes on life, which is the last book I wrote. I mean, I was spent hours and hundreds of hours on each take to make sure it was a written process that was really really easy to read. But actual, you know. Printing the labels and sending them out and stuff and getting the right envelopes. Just getting it over. Get it out. Get it out. Send it. <laughs> go. Go. But I'd love to be sending some open links out, guys, because um, as I say, uh, I can print thousands of these books, thousands and thousands. So if you know people who you enjoy the book, who you think might enjoy it as well, then let's <clears throat> let's give Anthony Nolan as much as we can um, by telling your friends and having a read and enjoying it and writing reviews online. That'd be fantastic as well. Because I'd love open links to just regularly sell without me having to do um, to, to sort of new, do new campaigns. Um, so if you come great to for the charity as well, brilliant for the charity, um, brilliant for Nolan, and um, and uh, good all round, good stuff. So look, 
that's that's it, folks. Um, thank you for listening to this little podcast about open links. I'll put it in the um, I put a uh, I put a little link in the um, box below, I believe, linking to thebrotherstrust.org. You can click on there, and that'll take you through to the shop. And if, as I say, if you wanted me to, Mike, if you're buying it from Michael and you're called John, I can put to Michael from John and Dominic. If you wanted to do that as a present, <clears throat> many thanks indeed, everybody. See you later.